0: Hey there and happy holidays to everyone out there in podcast land. This is TC Rollins. And this is Rain De Grey. And it is the 25th Christmas. of December. Some people call it Christmas. They do. Yes. Yes. And also a, little, a quick little follow up. I know on the 25th of December in some places in Peru, they have the Fist Fight Festival, which is the uh, Tac and Hacri. We we talked about that previously before where some villages, they'll get together, there's lots of dancing, lots of food, and drinking. lots of drinking, and then if you have a dispute with somebody, you go up to them, you give them a hug, and then you fist fight, you can you can hit them, or you can kick them. You can't hit them when they're on the ground, you can't jump on top of them. So you can just hit each other and kick each other until you feel like the dispute is resolved. And then Is you it the traditional
1: it airing of grievances? It's
0: something like the airing of grievances for the Festivus, but <laughs> It's it's a little bit more grievance than just like hey I've got a bone to pick with you. You actually I've got a fist to throw at you.
1: I've seen uh, some documentary footage of this. Yeah, and um, I have noticed it's more the the festival of grievances with the fisting is more of a young person's game. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's I've I've seen some
0: old ladies get into it too. Sure,
1: sure. Well, yes, but in general, like old ladies ladies can get feisty. They can get feisty. It was mainly men doing it, but there were some women, and they tended to view younger, and the older ones would sit and watch it go down mm-hmm. and they were uh the documentary that I watched they were tracking some people, and they couldn't wait. They were like, "Oh, I've been planning this and they get get all geared up, and they get all liquored up, and then they start swinging at each other um yeah, it's i get, it I suppose it could be an effective way to uh clear out some grievances and start the new year fresh,
0: yes, it could. The thing I just learned about it, which I did not know before when we covered it years ago back when this was the After Hours podcast. I remember. It was started by the Spanish as a way to entertain themselves on Christmas Day to have their slaves fight each other. So they would use them as human like cockfighters. So, so, of course, <laughs> all these traditions start in a terrible way. So they would have their, their native slaves fight each other for their amusement on Christmas Day. And then the natives kind of melded this tradition that they decided, hey, we've been fist fighting each other on Christmas, so we might as well keep going. And then they melded it into this other dancing celebration. So now they get together and they dance and they feast and they drink and they fight each other. But it's to keep peace within the community because I guess, you know, it's kind of like a purge if you can mm. think about it. If you have mm-hmm. that one night a year where you can go and yeah. kill as many people as you want. If, if you know that you have an issue with somebody, but you know there's that one day a year where you can call them out and fist fight them, then the rest of the year
1: yeah. it
0: remains peaceful and fine. Like if, I, if you pissed me off, but I knew like, hey, coming up, I'm going to get my Christmas licks in, then maybe mm-hmm. I could like be like, okay, I'm just biding my time. I'm working on my right hook. I'm just biding my time. But come Christmas Day.
1: They've found an effective way to release some pressure.
0: Yeah. It's like Fight Club for Christmas. Mm. Makes me want to go oh. and get in a fight. I didn't get in any fights today.
1: I also got in no fights today, but I did not leave the house. So
0: you know what I did do today mm. is I finished the holiday home alone gauntlet.
1: What's the home alone gauntlet?
0: Well, I didn't I didn't try and break into somebody's house that was booby-trapped by a 10-year-old boy. But right. I did successfully, this holiday season, watch every Home Alone movie.
1: How many are there?
0: How many do you think there are? Two? No. There, there's... there's more than that. I did not learn this until this year, that there are actually more than two. I had only seen the first two, the Home Alone and then Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Mm-hmm. But no, guess. Yeah, why did you, one more guess. I will give you one more guess. How many Home Alone films do you think there are? Without Googling it. I'm not going to Google it.
1: Okay. Uh, five.
0: You're very close six
1: i okay there are I six
0: just, home alone films
1: i did not know there were that many unresolved questions after so home alone many One and so two.
0: many so many but only the first two starred macaulay Culkin.
1: i was just about to ask did he just keep coming back for more home Alones? he
0: aged out yeah it, but there's some like continuity issues between three and four, because three had another kid that wasn't Kevin McAllister. But then they tried to reintroduce Kevin McAllister in the fourth movie as a new kid. And they tried to like make it a sequel to the second film. It didn't work. I'm going to give you my current ranking of all the Home Alone films. Of course, start with number one, which is probably the best one because it's the most beloved of the mm-hmm. Home Alone films. Then I'm going to go to number three. I know it's surprising. I'm I, surprised. I, think I like number three better than number two, but coming a strong third would be number two. After uh-huh. that, I think I might have to go maybe number five because it has Malcolm McDowell in it. There's, there's so many actors that kind of lower themselves to be in these Home Alone sequels. And I think you know Malcolm McDowell best from A Clockwork Orange. Yes. He played Alec from a Clockwork Orange. And in his uh-huh. later career, played a bumbling villain trying to break in to a bootlegger's house that is now owned by two young kids who are left home alone
1: oh, by their shocker. parents. The title's a bit of a giveaway.
0: Yes. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have to go one, three, two, five, and then six, and coming in last, Home Alone Four. I just did not like Home Alone Four.
1: Noted. Okay.
0: So, so there you have it. I have successfully this year. Watched all six Home Alone films.
1: Well, I'm sure that that was a wise investment of your time and eyeballs.
0: It was because I got to do it with my daughter and she enjoyed it and we looked forward to it. And we finished it literally an hour before we started doing this. I successfully got in that last Home Alone film, number six, Home Sweet Home Alone, (laughs) right as Uh, we were about to record this podcast.
1: I uh, watched a Christmas classic today. Which was? Can you guess?
0: A Christmas story. No. Oh. But did you know no. that the kid that stuck his tongue to the pole in a Christmas mm-hmm. story that you know that famous scene?
1: I know and I know how they did it too.
0: Well, I know. We've talked about that too. I know that's fascinating before. to me. Oh, do you want to tell them since you brought it up?
1: No, 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 no. Go on. What are you going to tell me about this pole? I'm listening.
0: I'm not going to tell you about the pole. I'm going to tell you about the kid. But he, With the pole. he
1: I, the kid on the pole. The
0: kid that stuck his tongue, to, tongue the pole. to the pole. Yeah. Yes. I don't remember the the actor's name, but he went on and did a number of pornos in the the mid nineties.
1: I did not know that. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. He was. He had a fairly successful porn career, both oh. in front and behind the camera. Good on him. Yeah.
1: Well, he had already shown a propensity for sticking his tongue in places, which is <laughs> definitely a willingness that helps you on uh, in a porn career.
0: Definitely. Okay, so what movie did you watch today for your Christmas viewing pleasure?
1: I, I really do actually want you to guess. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, it, it is a hardcore Christmas classic. It's not what people would immediately think of, but it is
0: indeed definitely a Christmas movie. Well, then I would have to go Die Hard. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh,
1: so I'd never actually seen Die Hard before. Really? you know I haven't I was born in a cult I I was not given access to much television or movies and I'm always playing catch up and I had seen clips of Die Hard Hmm. I had seen the scene of him crawling in the um, the BKAA
0: motherfucker the famous yeah 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 but I had
1: never actually seen the movie it's quite Christmassy
0: it is I mean there's argument it's a Christmas film yes it's definitely The, the first two are definitely holiday films I think the second one was set around Thanksgiving in Washington, D.C. Maybe it was Christmas again. I don't remember. I know my uh, brother-in-law and my nephew, their challenge was to watch all the Die Hard films, but only the first two were actually holiday films. The rest of it got rid of the holiday motif, whereas all six of the Home Alone films (laughs) make an attempt, at least, to be Christmas-themed.
1: Noted. I will thank you for throwing yourself on that home load grenade,
0: so I don't have to. You're welcome. I also did go out to the movies today, and I watched *Violent Night*, the new classic.
1: Oh, okay. So it's new and simultaneously a classic. That is
0: because there's there's not enough shoot 'em up, ultra violent holiday films starring a vengeful drunken Santa.
1: Now that at least there is one, so we've got that. Yes. I can. I uh, not that I'm not enjoying uh, discussing movies with you, but I have something. Uh, pretty fascinating, I would like to bring to the table.
0: Okay, round it out. Fascinating information. And then uh, we're going to go and call it an episode. But yes, what do you have?
1: Do you know what is the Harvard tradition for Christmas?
0: The Harvard tradition for Christmas. Um, Getting naked and rubbing yourself all over with your large quantities of cash. No. Making your nipples hard by rubbing $100 bills against them vigorously.
1: No, no. It's Christmas-themed.
0: But, well, how is that not Christmas-themed? You dress <laughs> up like Santa Claus you and didn't take a it in bath in Ca- your money.
1: No, you're horrible at guessing. I'm just going to tell you because otherwise we're going to be here all night. Okay. Every year at Harvard, student and faculty get together to tell the story of Santa Claus and the psychedelic
0: mushrooms. Okay. Are you going to grace us with this story of Santa Claus and the psychedelic mushrooms?
1: Yes. So
0: Imagine that. You brought it up and now you're going to share the story? This anecdote has completion?
1: Dial back, Sparky. So when we think of reindeer, why would reindeer be flying? Reindeer don't fly. What's up with that? Okay. Right. So the more that we learn about the world around us, the more that we realize that it's not just humans who like to get messed up. Animals actually like to get messed up too and will deliberately seek out things to get them intoxicated, Mm -hmm. which is not a very effective strategy. If you're an animal, something is always trying to kill you and eat you, like you got to survive. You would think that an animal would want to keep its wits about it. And being intoxicated as an animal makes you very vulnerable. And you're going to be taken down, so you'd think animals would avoid intoxication, but as it turns out, no, animals seek out
0: intoxication. Oh, I think every living thing wants to seek out some sort of higher level altered state.
1: That's how we have coffee was that goats actually discovered it, and mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't have coffee until the ninth century when this goat herd looked at his goats being all zippy, and he was like, "Wait a minute," and discovered these coffee beans. He took My it to Goats a little- are wired zip 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 the goat herd took his discovery to a monastery and thus coffee was created Mm -hmm. well as it turns out reindeer love magic mushrooms
0: of course who doesn't (laughs) i've I've felt vulnerable myself when i've been out in the woods on magic mushrooms and was like if i were some sort of prey animal i don't think i'd be as comfortable just wandering around out there in these woods high on mushrooms I would
1: imagine not, but I mean, I guess if you're a reindeer, you're not I mean you have to watch out for whatever is in the Siberian wilderness that's mm-hmm. going to prey on a reindeer, but you're probably better off than a lower ranking prey animal,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, the only thing I had to worry about were like upper middle class hikers wearing Patagonia,
1: yeah, those are definitely to be avoided
0: mm-hmm.
1: now, like with all. Traditions, there is some debate, like mythology borrows freely. And we've talked in the past about Santa, and it's like, well, it's St. Nicholas, but Mm -hmm. then the concept of Santa was invented. Well, there is this theory going around that is proposed that the iconic red and white outfit of Santa actually comes from the red and white of the mushroom. Mm-hmm. So, uh, shamans, Siberian shamans had a tradition of going around during what we would consider Christmas time with a, a gift, a bag of gifts, which was dried mushrooms. And they would right. give these magic mushrooms to everyone in the, in the village or people that were inclined to take them. Now, okay, we've got Santa coming down a chimney. Well, in these Siberian villages, the snow was so deep. That the way that people would actually access and get into the huts during the winter would be through an opening on the roof, which can then be converted into a chimney. Hmm. The shaman would come down through the roof opening because of the snow, bearing the bag of gifts, which were these mushrooms.
0: So they'd get really high and they'd come down the chimney with a bunch of magic mushrooms.
1: No, 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 no. They, they. Part of the tradition, the, mm-hmm. the, not Christmas tradition, but yeah. pre-Christmas tradition, was that the shamans would. Basically, be dispensing these spiritual trips
0: through the to, chimney.
1: Well, now they would access it, was, it wasn't chimneys, it was a hole in the roof.
0: Okay. but so when it was <laughs> through magic mushrooms through a hole, in no,
1: the roof. they would come down. That was the front. You're really being difficult here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was the front door. Okay. It's winter. Yes. It's track me here. It's okay. winter. There's snow. Okay. Because the snow is so deep in Siberia during the winter, how people would access their dwelling during the winter when there was severe snow is that people would actually have roof access. So there wasn't a chimney, but that was basically the front door during deep snows. Mm -hmm. So during the holiday period, back before there was such a thing as what we traditionally think of as Christmas, shamans had a ritual of going through the village and entering through the roof, not a chimney, but a roof opening, coming down, bearing these gifts and these gifts were a bag and they would take out of the bag mushrooms and they would dose the villagers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was part of their spiritual ritual. Well, you're getting high on the mushrooms. The reindeer are also getting high. So the proposed theory is that people were tripping their balls off enough with reindeer who when they're uh-huh. when the when the reindeer themselves are high, they get very zippy. They they can't walk in a straight line. Mm-hmm. They get a little drunken and they uh, stagger. And if you look into Christmas tradition, early Christmas uh, decorations were red and white themed. And there's in a lot of Siberian cultures and past Siberian cultures, but Western culture, mushrooms, red and white mushrooms were actually an early, uh, very common Christmas motif for decorating.
0: I think the a fly... Agaric mushroom is what you're, yes, what you're thinking correct. of. That's kind of like the, the fairy tale mushroom is what you're talking yes, about. It's kind of right, like right. the red cap with the little white spots.
1: Correct. People are flying. People are looking at these shrooms. They mm-hmm. are red and white. And they start to turn into a personification of Santa. And I went and did a, a, a deep dive research on this and found a bunch of uh, very
0: early Christmas ornaments that were shrooms. I think I remember this happening to me one time, getting really high on mushrooms with a friend and be like, dude, you're Santa. (laughs) Dude, you're Santa Claus right now.
1: So the natives, the Siberian natives and the uh, Arctic and Siberian regions had basically these like teepee-like structures that would get snowed in. And Mm -hmm. the shamans would come down through the top of the Mm teepee with this bag full of mushrooms. In the book, uh, Mushrooms and Mankind, uh, the author, James Arthur, uh, points out that the mushrooms lived throughout the northern hemisphere under conifers and birch trees with the fungi, which is deep red with white flecks, uh, has a symbiotic relationship with the conifers. Mm. So this partially explains the practice of the Christmas tree and the placement of red and white presents underneath, brightly colored, which look like the mushrooms. People will bring Pine trees into their house during the winter solstice, Mm -hmm. and they will place brightly colored red and white packages as gifts to show their love for one another.
0: Which makes really sense because if you're really high in mushrooms, it'd be like let's drag a tree into the house,
1: right? Wrap shit (laughs) in paper, (laughs) right? Uh, And uh, right alongside reindeer who are also getting messed up on these shrooms and then staggering around. Now we can't um, necessarily. Prove it, but there—it's a really interesting theory that has actually been widely discussed enough that there's a Harvard tradition of every year of gathering together and talking about the shrooms and Santa and uh, reindeer. Uh, with Siberian shamans, you would have a animal spirit that would go with you during your vision quest. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> people are taking shrooms and looking for a spirit guide to take them on their vision quest, and reindeer were one of the largest animals there, and it was not uncommon for reindeer to be chosen as your spirit guide to take you on this quest. Hmm. So while we don't necessarily have proof of it, I did find it really fascinating to See all these really early Christmas decorations that were sh- mushrooms. I'd actually, I'd actually seen it, like the bright red mushroom with the white spot, and I always just thought, okay, it's kind of Christmassy. But it turns out because we humans do like to borrow and appropriate from other cultures, that it's not outside the realm of possibility that part of why we have Santa in red and white with flying reindeer is because Siberian shamans would dose people with mushrooms during the winter solstice huh. after dropping through a hole in
0: their roof so the original Santa Claus was the mushroom man
1: quite possibly uh because in um north mythology uh thor flew in a chariot that was drawn by two goats
0: uh-huh. The two, yeah, I've seen Thor, Love, and Thunder. It's two screaming large goats.
1: <laughs> right. So you just appropriate a little bit here, you borrow mm. here, you pinch here, you're on shrooms here.
0: One thing I did learn today about the tradition of leaving out milk and cookies for Santa Claus came from Norse mythology as well. During the winter solstice celebration, the, the Yule celebration, people thought that Odin would ride around on his eight-legged horse and leave presents for people. And they would entice them to come to their home by leaving out food and drink for Odin. So one of the reasons why people leave out milk and cookies for Santa Claus is because it's all based on the old Norse mythology like you're talking about. And so they're trying to like be like, hey, Odin, we got some milk and cookies here for you. Why don't you come by, eat them, and then maybe leave us a nice present. Maybe you all have indulged in some milk and cookies yourself. I know I've been eating way too much for the last couple of days. And I am ready for a midwinter's nap. I don't know about you.
1: I would super love a nap. That would be awesome. Not on mushrooms, though.
0: I've never been able to nap on mushrooms. But we do want to wish you all a very merry, happy holidays to whatever you choose to celebrate out
1: there. Or winter solstice. Yep. Or-
0: solstice, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Festivus.
1: Shaman-induced mushroom trip.
0: Yeah. Fist in fighting. TV. Whatever, whatever <laughs> you choose to do. Fight club. <laughs> However you choose to do it. If you want to booby trap your home for bungling thieves, have fun. Christmas tradition within itself.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you uh, riding through this year with us. And uh, let's see what happens next year, shall we?
0: Yeah, this is the last uh, episode of the year. That's it. We're calling it a wrap on 2022. It's been a (laughs) long year.
1: Well, let's see what happens next year. Uh, It's, you know, what is, is for sure guaranteed not to be boring.
0: It seems like life is guaranteed not to be boring these days.
1: I don't think life is ever boring.
0: No. But we hope you all stay safe and happy and healthy and. Keep tuning in. It's great sharing another year with you and we hope to share many more. Why don't you give these fine folks a jaunty year-end salute and we'll talk at them and fill their ear holes yet again at the beginning of 2023.
1: Crazy. Wow. Well, I, for one, am very much looking forward to it. Thank you so much, my friends. We love having you here over and out. We will catch you next year.
0: God bless us, everyone.
1: Aww.